Hello and welcome to The Genius Podcast. My name is Karen Doyle, your host and founder of The Genius Project, an initiative for Catholic women designed to support and resource Catholic women, discover and live their unique gifts, mission and purpose. In season one of The Genius Podcast, I interviewed some amazing Catholic women around the world just around this topic of their gifts and what their unique gifts are. This year in season two, we really focused on living lives of wholeness in Christ and what that means. And those interviews that I did just with myself were very much tied into the Genius Project Masterclass for Catholic Women. Now, we are closing the doors to this masterclass in two weeks. So if you're interested, I really invite you to take a look on the website and check it all out, www.geniusproject.co. And you can register online. If you'd like to do a payment plan, please email me at karen at geniusproject.co and we can set a payment plan up for you over a couple of months. But this masterclass is really a deep dive into how we, as Catholic women, can live lives of wholeness and balance in Christ and how we can grow in our personal relationship with him and then step out into our unique mission, what it is that God is uniquely calling us to do. So the Genius Project Masterclass is made up of a number of elements and these different elements really maximize learning and your application of what you've learned to your own personal life so that you experience personal transformation and growth. So the Genius Project Masterclass is made up of modules that drop each week. So each week you will get access to one module. Now within each module, there's about seven lessons that you will work through over the course of that week. So you'll have access to the online portal, which contains these video lessons. You will also receive the download workbook, which has practical application tasks to help you apply what you've been learning to your own life. In each fortnight, everyone in the group jumps on this group coaching strategy call where we work through the content of the week together. Now, these are a beautiful way to build community, to be encouraged, to champion one another and to receive support, especially if you're living in Australia at the moment in lockdown. So many of us are doing it tough in isolation. And so what this masterclass offers is a beautiful community and a sisterhood of like-minded Catholic women who you can connect with and grow with. You'll also receive access to the private Facebook group where you can just be interacting with the women in your masterclass group on a regular basis. So Look, if this is something that is pulling on your heart, please get in touch and register. We have got the most extraordinary group of women about to kick off. We've got a US-based group and we've also got an Aussie girls group. So we can count for different time zones. So look, if you'd like to join us, please send me an email, karen at geniusproject.co. Now I do apologize that there's been quite a gap between this podcast and the last one, but I do assure you I am back on deck now once a week for the rest of the year. And I'm going to be bringing you some really beautiful conversations with Catholic women who are going to really share, I guess, their story, but not only share their story, but to give you hope, 
to really encourage you in your personal relationship with Jesus and to help you tap into and discover what it is God is calling you to in this season of your own life, but in this season of all the challenges that we're facing in the world today. So today's interview is with the very beautiful and anointed Mary Lenneberg. Now, I connected with Mary last year. She's been on the podcast a couple of times and she is an anointed woman. She suffered greatly, but she gives greatly and her message is so powerful. So I invite you to sit back, relax and enjoy this interview, this conversation with Mary as we unpack what it means to be a beacon of hope in these times of crisis, what it is to tap into and discover our unique gifts and basically just be encouraged. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this interview with Mary Lenneberg. Mary, welcome to the Genius Podcast. It's fantastic to have you back with us. We've been so blessed by your interviews over the past 12 months, but I know that the women are just going to be really blessed to this by this conversation today. So thank you for joining us. Thank you so much for having me, Karen. It is a delight <laughs> to be back. We're in the middle of summer here where I am. You're in the middle of winter, so... I have yes. all the frizzies going on, so all like good. <laughs> you look great, and I've got my heater cranked here. <laughs> it's freezing there here. You go. <laughs> yeah, and we're also opposite times of the day, so I'm morning and you're at the end of the day. So yes, ma'am. Yes, so we've we've prayed into this. Sorry. I said a beautiful way to close out the day. Yeah, and start the day for us. So thank you. But I think um today, last time when we spoke, um, we spoke about your first book that you'd published. And since then, you've published a second book. And I'm keen for you just to tell us about the distinction between the two, because I love both of their titles. And I might let you share a little bit about the distinction. Sure. Well, the first book called Be Brave and a Scare was really all about facing hard things. Mm. Um basically the the natural consequences of choices made in our life we walk through the story of uh my marriage um our daughter courtney who had special needs our son um dealing with um addiction within the marriage uh, myself to food my husband to pornography uh dealing with special needs child Mm -hmm. over the course of 22 years um and just all of the things yeah and how God was constantly present. He never left us. I didn't really recognize him in the beginning, but he never left us. He was always with us. Mm-hmm. And he was calling us to be brave, right? To be brave in that moment when you're terrified yeah. and you're not sure how to be brave and that he provided at every step of the way that courage to be brave. The second book is called Be Bold and the Broken, and mm-hmm. it's all about courage and finding my voice. And it really comes from the perspective of I use uh, I use an analogy throughout the book of trying on clothes. You're in a dressing okay. room, right? And you have you have the um, that horrible light that's in a dressing room in a in a in a yes. <laughs> and I, I equate it to the to the whisper of Satan because it's just mm. horrible. It makes you look horrible, like you have mm. a liver disease. It's just awful. But you're you're there and you're trying things on. You're trying to be. You're trying to figure out who you are, yeah. right? Who am I called to be as Mary Lunneberg? Who did God call me to be? Um, what are my gifts? What are my talents? What are my charisms? And I call mm. it Be Bold and the Broken because for so many years, I pursued a persona that was not who God called me to be. Mm. And in order to be fully Mary, I had to break, you know? And, yeah. and you think of, um, you think of deep... Uh, 
for instance, you're in the middle of winter. So you've got ice fishing. Yeah. <laughs> you have to saw a hole in the ice in order to fish. Mm -hmm. In order to be fed, you have to break something. Right? So in order for me to become me, God had to allow a breaking to happen mm -hmm. over the course of time again and again and again until I was willing to allow him yeah. as the clay in the potter's hands to be rebuilt mm -hmm. into the woman he was calling me to be. And that woman happens to love sequins dresses and not the mm -hmm. little black dress. Yeah. That woman happens to love bold patterns and great statement earrings. Um, I am not demure, yeah. but I am feminine. And so there was just this journey that I have taken over the course of my 53 years of life mm. where I've learned these lessons to be courageous in the authentic individual that God has called me to be. I am unique and unrepeatable. I am made mm. in his image and likeness, as are you, as are each and every woman who is listening to this podcast. Yeah. And so for me to be you would be boring because then there's a lot of you around. Yep. But for me to be me is is what god intended because i have a mission that is uniquely mine that's right it's not your mission it's not my sister's mission it's not my mother's mission it's my mission yeah. and if i don't do my mission then it goes undone mm. but i need to be me in order to do it what does that mean that means i need to be who god made me to be yeah. i have gifts i have talents i have the charism of hospitality i have the charism of wisdom and mercy yeah. And those work with my personality. They work with how my body is formed. They work with, uh, you know, how I interact with people yeah. and how I uh, bring the face of Christ, hopefully, to every person that I meet. And they create a life that's mine. Mm -hmm. I do not envy my neighbor. I am not jealous of my girlfriend because they have their own missions. Amen. I have mine. So instead of comparing, we celebrate. Instead yeah. of envy, we have encouragement. Yeah. Instead of jealousy, we, we bring joy. Yeah. And so that's what Be Bold and the Broken is about. So one really kind of encompasses my marriage and my family life. Yes. And one is really kind of my journey. Yes. Yeah. Um, uniquely mine to becoming the woman that, that is here today. Yeah. And who God created you to be. Amen. Yeah, I think you're right. I think so many women do get trapped in that comparison trap and that wheel of comparison where they're measuring their success and their gifts against other women's. And we see this all the time. But as women, we can't flourish and step into the fullness of who God made us to be when we're on that path. I think you hit... Well, you know, and he didn't make us to, to compare to one mm -mm. another. Right. He didn't. Um, you cannot compare my day one to somebody else's day 528. That's right. Yeah. Right. And, and social media, you know, social media is an edited magazine. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so what you see are everybody's highlight reel. Yes. You're not seeing all the work it goes into bringing the highlight reel. You're just seeing the highlights. Mm -hmm. And so then to look at that and then to look at your world and go, gosh, my living room doesn't look like that. <laughs> Gosh, I can't cook that way. Gosh, their kids look so sweet and well behaved. Well, you didn't see them have a fit. <laughs> yeah, the before they got the photo. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Just making them wear some dress that they didn't like, right? That's right. So, I mean, we have to remember that, you know, our lives are meant to look different. Mm -hmm. They're That's meant it. to not look the same. We're not cookie cutters. No, 
right? We are unique individuals yeah. built uniquely. We worship differently. We pray differently. We have different marriages. You know, some men and women are very, um, they're very gregarious with their affection for each other. Yeah. Others are very subtle, mm -hmm. you know, but both marriages are strong and beautiful. Mm -hmm. So it's just, you know, we, we have to stop. We have to look to scripture or actually I'll, I'll even quote St. Teresa Lazou yeah. where she said, remember that the roses mm -hmm. don't compare themselves to the sunflowers and they don't compare themselves That's to right. the lilies. They're all happy and they're all beautiful in their uniqueness mm. because God made them so. Absolutely. So why are we comparing ourselves to each other? Yeah. And the, I think there's another part in that quote where she says, you know, they make up this beautiful bouquet and together, yeah. you know, there's that beauty that is in the, the fullness of the bouquet. But if they're all the same, it would be lovely, but not quite what God had created it to be. So. No, because he created this beautiful tapestry. Yeah. You know, and he's, and, and the other thing is, is he's not done with us yet. Mm. As long as there is breath in our body, there is work for us to do. There is, there are gifts and talents to bring forth into the world. Yes. So we're never done until we take our last breath and we're standing at those gates. Amen. And, um, and I think we forget that sometimes we, we think, oh, I've raised my kids. I'm done. Mm. No sister. Mm -mm, you're not done. You're, not. you're just getting started. You're going to take everything you've learned from raising those kids and you're now going to pour into if god so grants you grandchildren great but there's a whole world of kids that need you yeah there's your youth at your your parish there's your next door neighbor's daughter yeah there's your best friend's little girl i mean there's all these people that need you you're not done because you just you finished this one season of your life you now open the doors to a new season and then when that season comes to an end there gets to be another season and so god is continually using everything that we've gone through all of our experiences all of our failures all of our triumphs all of our victories he uses it all he never wastes anything Amen. to continue to bring us along the journey as we walk toward him. Mm, absolutely. And I think that's we we have to remember that I see so many women in our sisterhood community here in Australia. Um, actually, a number of years ago, there was a conference, there was a woman there in her 80s, and she was so sweet. And she said she'd felt like she passed her use by date. And the one thing that, uh, you know, woke her soul up was these younger girls who basically had not been mothered. And they were really like craving her wisdom. And it was this beautiful intergenerational exchange of the wisdom being imparted, but that joy of youthfulness sort of reigniting something with her. And I think there, we, we have to remember that every season has a purpose and a mission and it changes. But I think it also is tied back to this, you know, being created in the image and likeness of God and being created unique and unrepeatable means that he's given us this unique design. And so that will look different throughout different seasons, but often there's a common thread. Like you were talking about your gifts being hospitality, wisdom, mercy. They have looked different throughout the different seasons of your life, but there's that basic motivational design within you that, that's been there since the beginning of time. Absolutely, absolutely. And, and my name is Mary Elizabeth. Ah, there so you go. my feast day is the visitation. And you want to talk about multi-generational ministry. Yeah. You know, here we have the beautiful Mary, you know, Our Lady, who um, 
said yes, Mm -hmm. right, was asked a question, but because she had no sin, was able to freely give her yes. After asking a very, you know, very practical question, she's like, how? How is this going to happen? And she's, you know, a typical woman. Just tell me how. Oh, okay, I understand. And then she said yes, right? And what is the next thing she did? She went in haste to serve another woman who was older than her, the next generation above her. Who And you want to talk about a faithful woman. Here's Elizabeth who knew who knew and never, ever, ever wavered. Mm-mm. She knew God would give her a child. Yeah. She knew it. And she prayed in that temple and she was faithful and she was obedient. Yeah. And she had no idea how it was going to happen. And here the Lord blesses her. Mm-hmm. Her husband, he had some doubts. <laughs> he had to be quiet for a little while, right? Yes. But here she was going, no, I know it. Yeah. And so here's these two women in scripture, two generations of women. Yeah that come together to do at the beginning of the most amazing story ever told Mm -hmm. at the beginning of the most radically miraculous life that would ever unfold on earth. And that is of Jesus Christ. And so we're called to be them. Maybe you are a maybe Mary, sorry. Maybe you are (laughs) Mary at the beginning of your journey and God's asking you some hard things and you're like, okay, I can do that. Maybe you're an Elizabeth who's waiting for that miracle Mm -hmm. that you have been praying for for decades, just waiting in receivership for that. Mm -hmm. So God is asking us to be in community. He's asking us as women, like that beautiful example you shared of the 80 year old going, I'm past my, you know, sell by date. No, she's not. Mm -mm. Like I said, if there's breath in your body, there's work for you to do. She's just getting started. She's now introduced to a whole new generation of women where she can share her experience. We as women are made to shelter another soul, as mm-hmm. St. Teresa of Avila said, we're made to shelter another soul. Yeah. Whether we shelter them of our body or not makes no difference. We are made for spiritual motherhood. Yeah, absolutely. And therefore, this generational um, service that we can offer one another, it's natural to us. It's yeah. part of our feminine genius. And when we deny it is when we get into trouble. And that's where the comparison comes in. Yes. That's where the jealousy and the envy comes in. And and that's where it all begins to come apart. Absolutely. But yeah, we were made for community. We were made to walk together intergenerationally. Uh, we were made to encourage one another. Um, we were made to love one another. Yeah. Amen. It's it's so true. And we see this played out all the time. I see it in sisterhood, particularly at our conferences, where we have that exchange and just that giftedness of the generations coming together. And I think what also happens is when we can, when we're secure, when we've received our identity as the beloved, like I think that is our starting place because we can't go out and do things. We can't discover our gifts unless we're grounded in this identity because otherwise then we're stepping out, we're seeking validation from other people, we're using our gifts to advance a different agenda. But I think it's that core receiving, first of all, our identity because it's a gift. It's already being done. We don't have to do anything to get it. It's already given to us. So it's receiving our identity as the beloved. And then all of our gifts and the things that flow from that place literally flow from that place without any sort of work striving I mean we have to steward our gifts we have to discover what they are and cultivate them but then when it comes to actually activating those they they do flow there is a flow to them wouldn't you agree 
beauty. I would totally agree. It's the mm. beauty of the feminine genius. And again, I'll bring you back to our lady. What did she do? She received first. Absolutely. That receptivity. First thing she did was receive. Mm. And so, and she knew who she was. She knew who God made her to be yeah. because she could hear him. She was in relationship with him. There was nothing blocking his voice from her. So she receives him. And then what does she do? She ponders. She keeps these things in her heart. She's she's asking the how. She's having that intimate conversation. It's prayer for us, right? First, we receive the Lord Hmm. and we're talking with him and we're figuring it out. Like, where do I put my foot next? Where's the next step for me? What's the next right thing for me to do? And then what does Mary teach us to do? We go and we act. Yes. We begin to give. Yeah. Right. And so we as women are called to receive. We're called to hold it close, but to hold it loosely Hmm. and then to give it forth. Mm-hmm. and to go out in action yeah and we have to know who we are in god in order to even receive mm-hmm. my mom used to say to me all the time you cannot love another person until you love yourself mm-hmm. and i'm not talking a prideful love no. i'm talking the kind of love that god has for us in our identity as women mm-hmm. that i am a woman and he made me with a feminine genius that is unique to me mm-hmm. and he made me with a purpose and a plan and he loves me And he's not going to abandon me, but the world is messed up with sin. And so he sent his son to show me the way. And anything that I am going to be asked to endure, anything I'm going to be asked to give, anything that I'm going to be asked to walk through, Jesus has already shown me how to do Mm. it because he did it first. Yeah. And our lady was with him. Yes. She loved him from the beginning to the end and through eternity again she loved him from the beginning she received him and then she pondered and stayed with him raised him loved him and then what happens she acts she gives him forth to the world you look at the beautiful art of the statue by michelangelo called the pieta i love that and what is our lady doing our lady's not looking at jesus she's looking at you Her hands are not gripping her son and holding them close to her. They are completely open in offering. Mm -hmm. I received him. I loved him. I offer him back to you to do the same. And so if he is giving you a, a task that seems insurmountable, that seems so difficult if there's a financial difficulty there's a challenge with a child there's a challenging marriage there's loss of a job i mean the world is insane right now there's all of those things times 12 million and we're being asked to face hard things the first thing we have to do in that situation is receive our lord Hmm. to receive the strength and the wisdom and the grace to be able to ponder that, right? To put on his armor, Mm. to put on that armor of God, because what's gonna happen? We're gonna have to go to battle. We're gonna have to go to fight. We're gonna have to fight for ourselves. We're gonna have to fight for our children, for our husbands, for our countries, for our communities, for our church. And that's where we, many of us find ourselves today. We are in a battle, Mm. but if we don't know who we are, then how are we gonna know what to offer in that fight. Absolutely. 
And there's two, I think there's two levels as I'm listening to you talk, there's this level of discovering our own personal vocation, like where we're called to serve with these gifts. But you're right. And you're so true. Like I love the titles of your book because being broken in the scared, being now, have you got it right? Being now I'm getting them all mixed Brave up. The Brave in the scared, bold in the broken. But the broken and the scared is where I think a lot of people around the entire globe are finding themselves right now, um, whether that's church or government or the pandemic, whatever it is, and how that's affected people, the lockdowns. I think a lot of people are in this state of crisis where they are scared and they are broken. So we've got this level of discovering our personal vocation, but then we've also got this level now where we have to dig a little deeper um, so that we can embrace this suffering, these trials that we are in the midst of right now at this moment of history. So I think those two, I mean, they're almost two different conversations, aren't they? There's that personal vocation yes and mission, and no. but they're tied. Yes no. they, are, they feel like two different conversations, but, but they're, they're really one. Yes. And it comes down to faith. Yeah. It comes down to faith, hope, and love. Yeah. And why I say that is this. We have been stripped of our identity, of some of our freedoms mm. around the world mm. during this time of pandemic, right? We have been stripped of personal freedoms that yeah. we never thought we would have to let go of. Yeah. Or actually, I didn't let go of anything that was taken from me, yeah. right? And so we have to look then to that sacrificial love of Jesus on the cross. Mm-hmm. It was all taken from him. Yeah. He allowed it to be taken from him so that he could enter into a suffering that was redemptive, restorative, and resurrected mm-hmm. for us. Yeah. And so when we have this battle with our identity, with our vocation, um, I was in confession today. And the priest told me when he was counseling me, he said, Mary, your call to sainthood happens within your vocation. Yeah. Uh, my vocation is as a wife and mother. My call to sainthood, my sainthood happens within that. And so in order to understand what my vocation is, I have to look at those three things. I have to have faith in a God who loves me, who has a vocation for me, right? I have to have a radical hope that he's going Mm -hmm. to whisper that to my heart so that I'll know. And when it gets hard, that radical hope gets stirred up so that I can act. And I have to love him above all things, above myself, above my husband, above my children. And even in the most difficult times, strive to serve him in that way. So you take that faith, hope, and love in your vocation and in your identity, and you flip it over into these hard things that we're going through right now, and it's the same thing. Yeah. You've said that beautifully, actually. We have to love Jesus and love God as he loved us on the cross, which means it's going to hurt. It means we're going to bleed. It means we're going to cry in pain. It means we're going to have to let go. It means we're going to not be able to breathe because there's a sword in our side. Mm -hmm. It means our head is going to feel like the weight of a cannonball because we can barely hold it up under Mm -hmm. that crown of thorns. 
It means that we have to have that radical hope, that radical hope that God has brought us to this moment. And as St. Francis de Sales said, he will give us the grace to walk through this moment with him. Mm -hmm. He will provide everything that we need exactly when we need it and not one second before. Mm -hmm. And that leads us to this heroic faith. Yeah. This faith in God, this faith in Jesus, and that mm -hmm. the Holy Spirit whom he left with us as the superhero of encouragement is going to remain for God is faithful and he is true and he has never once left us and we are not ever abandoned at mm -hmm. any moment. We might not hear him, we might not feel him. And mm -hmm. that's from Satan, that's not from anywhere else. Yeah. He wants you to be in doubt, he wants you to be in sadness, he wants you to be in confusion and in chaos. Mm -hmm. Because if he can keep you there, then he's gonna distract you yeah. from keeping your eyes on the cross. Yeah. We are given as Catholics this beautiful gift of redemptive suffering. Hmm. Nothing is lost. No sin is left no. unrestored. No hardship is left unused. No difficulty is left. God uses everything. As I said before, he uses every triumph, every trial, every victory, every pain, every challenge for our good and his glory. Yeah. If the pandemic has taught me anything, it is the weakness of my own prayer life. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it is the lack of radical hope that I had in my own heart. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it is this lack of heroic faith that everything's going to be okay. Yeah. Because God says it would be. Yes. And yeah. I've had to wrestle with that for a year and a half to come to a place where I am not swayed. I am that tree that has the deep roots mm. planted beside the water, as it says in the first psalm. The first psalm of David talks mm. about the deep roots and how the tree will bend but not break. Yeah. Because our heroic faith is in God. Our radical hope is in Jesus Christ. Amen. And the love, the love of the Savior, the love of the one that took every blow for me personally and my sin is big enough and bold enough to survive it all. Yeah. It's so true. I am, um, gosh, you mess me up every time I talk to you. <laughs> we just need to turn off my camera and you can just talk. Because <laughs> uh, you just, you say it so beautifully, Mary. And I think there's two things as you're speaking that really resonate with me is this this idea of hope. Like I think that so often because we live in an age of comfort and we were talking about this before the podcast we have reached an age of entitlement we haven't suffered we haven't really had to face global difficulty like this in in my lifetime anyway and i think that sometimes our hope previously can be based on things like our hope that jesus will change it or our hope that he will give us this finance or this hope that he will give us this job or this hope that he will change our husband or whatever it is but actually the hope that he's calling us to is this radical hope. It's actually a hope in him. And, and that is the hope that doesn't disappoint. So even if we don't get the things we pray for, that we still have to hold on to this radical hope because it, the person of Jesus Christ is hope. That's, that's what hope is. Amen. You have to have that radical expectation. Yes. Right? This expectation 
that God is going to come and do what needs to be done. Yes. Not what Mary wants. No, not what we want. <laughs> you know, not what I want, what I think it should be, mm. right? I can only see my lane of traffic. <clears throat> I can't see anybody else's. Mm. He sees everything. He sees all of it all at once. Yeah. And so he knows exactly the kind of breaking, exactly the kind of um, suffering, exactly the kind of challenge that is going to create within us a need for him hmm. above our own comfort and our own satisfaction. Yeah, absolutely. We have to cling to him, right? That's why I use the word hold loosely to your expectations. Mm -hmm. Because if you cling, then you're too attached. And when he takes it, or he allows it to be taken, it's gonna hurt mm. like nobody's business. Yeah. But when we're holding loosely to it, we're not attached to it. We're attached to the prayer. Yeah. We're attached to the work. We're attached to doing the next right thing, but we're not attached to the outcome because that belongs to God and God alone. Mm -hmm. And so we hold loosely to these things so that when the wind of the Holy Spirit comes and they're taken from us, we're not, it doesn't hurt because we were just holding loosely, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And what does that mean? That means that we draw even closer yeah. to that water, to that living spring. We draw even closer to our Lord. Mm -hmm. We rely on Him and not ourselves. We're so self-reliant that a pandemic had to come and had to show us all mm -hmm. that we ain't got nothing compared to what Jesus can provide for us. Yeah. It's, We're so yeah. self-sufficient. Everything is self. Mm -hmm. Everything is comfort. And so he allowed a situation in the world to take that from us. Mm -hmm. And we haven't, our, my generation especially, has never had that experience. Yeah. That's true. It's so true. So all brand new. Yep. And it's really hard. Like I know here in Australia where, you know, you know, Victoria, one of the states is in its fifth lockdown. And, you know, psychologically, spiritually, financially, this is it's becoming really tough. And Sydney as well, they've just they've had their lockdown extended the whole country. A year later, we're still going to lockdowns and and just the um, the emotional cost and the toll that that's taking. I know for us. Sorry. The isolation. Absolutely. And I think this is one of the things that, you know, Satan loves that. He loves to pick us off from our tribe because when we're isolated, we're vulnerable. We're vulnerable to his lies. We're vulnerable to temptation. And I was actually in adoration because in Canberra, we haven't had a lockdown, praise God. And I was able to go to adoration. I was just praying. I was reflecting on Jesus. We have on this huge cross above the altar. It's beautiful. But I was looking at that, just thinking about that final temptation you know, of Satan to Jesus, to, you know, why have you abandoned me, Lord? You know, these, and if Jesus can push through that temptation, like with him, we can too. And I often think, and I was comparing that final temptation of Jesus to the first sin in the garden. And the first sin was really the doubting of God's faithfulness and the doubting of God's goodness. And I think it's so easy for us in these times to begin to doubt where he's gone, what's he doing? But we have to blindly trust that he is in control of this somehow and he is always good and he is always faithful. And so always. 
I know that in our life, I mean, I shared in this podcast last year, like we've just had so much loss over the last 12 months um, in terms of relationship, family. We've lost our business because of the pandemic. And I was sharing with you, we've just uh, experienced a second suicide of um, friends really close to us this past week. And walking my kids through that again, I have three children and you know, walking them through a second suicide. The first young man was only 13. This second boy was 16. And coming from really good, faithful homes, um, you know, and that's that's been big. And then people close to us suffering with cancer or, you know, there's lots of people suffering with mental illness and just the toll that that's taking. And there's just a huge cross that we're being asked to carry at the moment. And I know that in my life, I guess just realising what the lessons that I'm learning in all of this is to lean in to the Lord more, this utter dependence that, you know, I've always been a prayerful person, but now my prayer is in me all day. It's not, I mean, I have my times of prayer, but I feel like my whole being is a prayer now. Like I, I, Jesus, I'm so aware of him in me throughout the day and communing with him. And in some ways, if that's what I've got out of all of this suffering, well, that's perhaps what he wanted to lead me to. I think he's leading a lot of people to that place of utter dependence. And and as Father Jacques Philippe said, you know, to consent to that which we haven't consented. Like so much is happening. We're, we're not choosing this. This is things are being ripped from people, taken. There's extraordinary loss. But in the midst of that, what are our options? To become hard and bitter and resentful. And then our hearts close down and we can no longer be receptive to the Holy Spirit or, or to the Word of God. So the only option in my mind is we just have to fight. And we, it's a fight to stay open. I know I have to fight every day in prayer for my heart to stay open to the Lord. Well, remember the scripture created me a new heart, um, O oh Lord. You know, Take my um, heart of stone. Soft, right? Mm. Take out the stony heart and create in me a new heart. Mm. Um, there are many people at the beginning of this pandemic that had a stony heart yeah and they're now a year and a half in it and they have a new heart Mm -hmm. and they're in a totally different place there are those that thought that they had a really nice great relationship with the lord that have been tested in ways um that you know they're not sure they believe anymore Mm -hmm. and so again it comes uh you said it beautifully when you said i have to depend on him i have to lean into him right we have to do as elizabeth ann seaton used to say the next right thing Mm. that is it that is all he is asking us to do he is not asking us to worry about next friday he's asking us to remain in the sacrament of the present moment because yesterday is gone and cannot be fixed tomorrow is a gift that has not been given Mm -hmm. he has given us today he's given us this conversation right now yeah so how can we in this conversation inspire encourage pray for bring about knowledge to the the love of the lord and who he is Mm -hmm. and who he desires to be his greatest desires to be in relationship with us yes and he's given us many many opportunities (laughs) in the last year and a half to be in relationship with him yeah and my relationship with him today looks completely different from my relationship a year and a half ago Mm -hmm. i have had been through a lot of things, a lot of very hard things. I have buried a child. I have a marriage that is proof that God exists and that he loves us because that's the only way it stayed how it is. Mm-hmm. 
So I, I've, I've lost my father. My husband has lost both parents. We've been through, you know, you talk about businesses closing and mm-hmm. I mean, just all of these horrible things happening. But at the end of the day, I have God. And he has remained faithful and is with me. Mm -hmm. And therefore, if I trust him completely with my very next breath, that he will provide the bread that is needed when we are hungry, that he will provide the shelter that is needed when we have no place to go, that he will provide the community that will take our hand and walk with us, then I have a very rich life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's what happens when things are stripped away from us. That's what happens when we let go of attachments. He's really, really been working on me with attachment to things and attachments to people. Mm. You know, my husband and I were actually discussing tonight. I'm like, am I going to be alone? And if I'm alone, will I be okay? And the secret to that is I'm never, ever alone. Mm. Only when I choose to be. Yeah. Only when I close that door to him, am I truly ever alone? And if Mother Teresa, with her beautiful example of 60 years of faithful service, where she felt not one consolation Mm. from Christ, and yet she continued to put one foot in front of the other and do as he had asked her to do. Mm. If she can do it, what stops me from doing it? If our grandparents can suffer through a second world war and starvation and bread lines and rationing and no church and all of those things and come out of it with a family intact and a faith intact, then I can do without my Amazon. (laughs) I can do without my Starbucks. Perspective. Yeah. You know, without those, those, things in life that are just Mm -hmm. they're not essential yeah does it make it easy no none of this is easy Mm -hmm. none of it's easy Mm -hmm. but it becomes easier when we keep our eyes on the cross absolutely absolutely and and I, i mean you would have seen the show chosen that beautiful series oh my gosh like if if people have not seen it you have to see it's the most brilliant portrayal of jesus life but, you know, just there, I think it's yet to come, but I often I'm waiting for this scene in, in the show of where um, Peter steps out of the boat, you know, and Jesus is calling him. And what happens when he takes his eyes off Jesus, he sinks. And I think for us so often it, this temptation is so strong right now for us to take our eyes off Christ because there's so much pain and there's so much difficulty. But it's just, I think, if, if anything, this interview, I just really want to speak into the hearts of women, encourage them to just keep their eyes on Christ, like above the water, like all of this stuff is happening around us. That is true. And it's objectively really difficult. But if we can just keep our eyes fixed on Christ, walking towards him in blind faith, I think that's the only way we, we navigate these times. And I, I want to offer some practical ways to yes. do that. Yeah. You know, how do I do that? Because a lot of people say to me, oh, Mary, how can you be so joyful when you've buried a child? Mm-hmm. This for a year and a half, how can you be? Okay, here it's very, it's very simple, and yet it's the hardest thing you'll ever do. Number one, control what you read. Yeah. Right? Fill your mind with scripture, 
with, with the books of the saints, fill your mind with um, good things. I'm not saying don't read a fiction novel. If that brings you rest, great. Mm-hmm. I happen to love murder mysteries. Now, you know, and, and <laughs> yeah, me too. Your story, but like, um, but but fill your mind with good things. If mm-hmm. watching the news or being on social media, yeah, um, twists your perspective, then don't shut it down. Yeah, just shut it off. That's good advice. And you know, just... and then if you're like, but Mary, I need something that goes on during the day. Like a lot of women. They just don't like to be in the silence. I'm like, there's praise and worship music. Mm-hmm. Feel that. Do that. There's classical music. Yeah. Do that. You know, um, just fill your mind and your life mm. with peace. Absolutely. Even in the midst of all of this insanity, we still can choose peace and joy. Yeah. Because when our peace comes from the Lord, our joy is unshakable. You know, I was um, walking with a woman recently and her husband had died of cancer. They had six young children and she was just, she just kept saying the one thing as her husband was dying was the joy of the Lord is my strength. The joy of the Lord is my strength. And she just kept saying it until she believed it, until she felt it. And I think what you're saying is these practical strategies and tools are so crucial at the moment just reading the word of god and just putting it in post-it notes and just speaking it i think there's real power in the declaration of the spoken word that when we declare out loud um, these promises of, of christ then that has immense power and I love going back to the start of the interview where you spoke about being in a dressing room and that horrible white light that shows up all the yucky bits of us in, in the mirror of the dressing room and that, that you likened that to the voice of Satan. I think that's so true. So we have to turn up the volume of, of the Lord in our life and we do that through, through those ways. Pardon me. Oh, you're fine. You're all good. We do. And I call them but God statements. Yeah. Lord, I am afraid. I'm afraid my husband's going to lose his job. But God says, and then you fill it in with the scripture. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. He is faithful and true. He will provide all that is needed, yeah. um, whatever that is. I have but God statements all over my house. Mm-hmm. I read them all the time. Yeah. When I'm feeling doubt, when I'm questioning a decision, when I am afraid of something, when I'm discerning to do something or not to do something. Always go to the word of God. It is the greatest, the Bible is the greatest love letter ever written to us. It is God's pursuit of us. Mm -hmm. And it speaks to you differently in every season of your life. You could read the same passage from Matthew once a year, and it's gonna mean something completely different Mm -hmm. because you're a different person than you were a year ago. That's right. So when we fill our mind and we fill our heart with the truth that God has provided for us, then the truth shall set you free. Amen. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think just this call at the moment, and, and again, I want to really encourage the women to just press hard into the heart of God, into prayer, fasting, rosary at the moment. I think there's not much that you know in some ways that we can control but those things we can that beautiful book by Viktor Frankl Man's Search for Meaning he said you know the last thing that can never be taken from us is our ability to choose and I I think we need to be reminded of that 
because when things feel so out of control, we feel like we have lost control. But the truth is we still have control over our faith and our our choices in terms of what we're choosing to focus. You can control as yourself. Absolutely. That's it. Yeah. You control. We have to always remember that our thoughts lead to our emotions and our emotions to our actions. Mm -hmm. We get to tell our emotions what to do. We get to instruct them on how they can help us. Mm -hmm. They are not the boss of us. Mm -hmm. And over the past year and a half, you've seen a lot of people who have given into the emotion instead of being able to clearly think through it and direct their thoughts accordingly. And so we have to, I think scriptures help us do that. Uh, Praise and worship helps us do that. Mm -hmm. Adoration, if you're able to go, helps us do that. Mass, the sacraments, all of that redirects our focus and reprioritizes our life. And we focus on him and the gift that our life truly is. Whether it's filled with suffering or filled with celebration, it is all gift. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Amen. Oh, I could talk to you all day. Do you want to go all night? <laughs> oh, it's just it's I could, I'm menopausal. I oh, you could do that. <laughs> oh gosh, that's all ahead of me. <laughs> Another trial, right? <laughs> it, you know, it's the gift. It, it, I, I didn't used to think of it as a gift. Okay. And as I've gone through this last year and a half, it is a gift. It's 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 my body telling me that everything's okay. You know, that I'm going through um, kind of saying goodbye to a season of my life. And, and it's just your body's way of saying goodbye. So um, I appreciate it in that way now. I yeah. didn't five years ago. But okay. Perspective. It took me a while. I got there. Okay. We might have to do another podcast on <laughs> that one day. <laughs> fun one. Fun. Oh. fun. Fun. Oh, Mary, thank you. I, I, you know, the past few weeks I haven't um, put out a podcast on the Genius Podcast. We've been busy with work and, and then obviously these deaths have been quite tragic for us. Um, but I really, in prayer, and I was really convicted of these words, become a beacon of hope and mm. I felt like even though I'm personally in suffering, God is still calling me. It's it's like the widow. She was, she, you know, God didn't honour the big sacrifices from the people that were comfortable and could make their sacrifices, but he honoured that true sacrifice because she gave what little she had. And so I was really convicted just to to be doing the podcast on a regular basis because this is a voice that speaks into the heart of hundreds of women um, and to become a beacon of hope. And so I just want to encourage women uh, to go forth wherever they are planted, whatever their sphere of influence is right now, and it might be in lockdown in your home, but to become a beacon of hope where you're planted, where God is calling you right here, right now. Be radical and be revolutionary in Mm. your hope. Mm. Be Christ to whomever you come in contact with. And for those that are in lockdown, that's going to be their families. And they might be really tired of being in the same four walls (laughs) with those people. But remember that they are gift. Mm. They are gift. And um, sometimes a gift gets, you just want to return it. But unfortunately, that's not the kind of gift you can return. Mm. So if we change our hearts, if we are able to reset our mind with the opportunity that one day we're going to look back at this time and we're not going to have that forced time together. Mm-hmm. People are going to choose to be apart. Yes. And how sad it would be if we missed the opportunity to create a place of peace and a place of hope 
in the center of our homes. Mm-hmm. And um, I know for me, now that we in the United States are no longer on lockdown, um, I cherish I cherish the time that we were all here together. Yes. Because here my son is going to be married soon, and he's beginning a new life, and um, and he won't be in my home anymore. Mm-hmm. And I had that time. It was it was not what I wanted at the time, mm-hmm. but it's what God allowed, and therefore look for the gift in it. There's always a gift in the midst of suffering. Mm-hmm. There's always a lesson to be learned. And sometimes it takes looking back at it to see it, but it's always there. Yeah, absolutely. So ladies, Mary was just about to end in a closing prayer for us, but there was a lightning storm and the internet cut out over in the USA. So I would love just to lead you through a closing prayer, just to invite the Lord into these areas of your life where you're struggling, where there might be pain, where there might be a lack of trust or a lack of hope. And I really want to invite you just to surrender to the Lord and ask him to meet you in your current circumstances. So let's pray together. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Father in heaven, we come before you this day. And I give thanks, Lord, for the gift of Mary and the gift of her story and her powerful witness and the beacon of hope that she is to so many women around the world. Lord, I ask your blessing and protection over her and her family. And Lord, I pray that you would come into each one of the hearts of the women who are listening today to this interview. Lord, only you know the circumstances and the deepest places in each one of our hearts and our lives. You know what we're carrying. You know the challenges that we're facing. You know the struggles that we battle each day. Lord, we come before you and we lay all of those at the foot of your cross. Father in heaven, I ask that you would send your Holy Spirit into the deepest places of all of our lives, that you would rekindle within us radical, radical hope, a trust that leans into you despite circumstances. I pray that you would bless us all with courage, with hope, and with deep, deep abiding peace. Lord, I just offer all of the circumstances of our lives. I pray that you would come upon each woman and wherever she is, whatever season she's in right now, whatever circumstance she finds herself in, Lord, that you would come and that you would meet her in that place with your hope. Lord, I ask that you would give a revelation to the hearts of women of their unique and unrepeatable gifts and their unique and unrepeatable mission and personal vocation. And then give them the courage and the wisdom, Lord, to activate those gifts and to follow that mission. We thank you for this interview. We thank you for this time. And I ask for your blessing and your protection over each and every one of us. Help us to carry with grace the crosses that are in our lives. And we offer these to you as a sacrifice. And we give glory to you, Lord, for your goodness and your faithfulness in our lives. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Ladies, if you would like to join us in the Catholic Women's Masterclass, we're kicking off a new round, a new intake in just a couple of weeks. We have an Australian group starting and we also have a USA group with some beautiful women in the United States and Canada. So if you fall into either of those regions or anywhere else around the world, please get in touch with me at Karen at Genius Project. 
www.thepowerofthenamesofjesus.co. I would love for you to join us. Until next week, God bless you and have a beautiful week.